Hello, everyone. It's Nathan Freeberg, and you are listening to the Leadership Vision Podcast. Sharing, Sharing our, our expertise in the discovery, hey. practice, and implementation uh, of a strength-based approach to people, teams, so, and culture. Who's that? Someone's interrupting my intro here. For more resources about developing your strengths, the strengths of your team, or the strengths of your entire organization, click the link in the show notes or visit us on the web at leadershipvisionconsulting.com. Melissa, hello. Hello, Nathan. Melissa Hyatt, one of our consultants. It's so good to see you in person sitting across this table in Minneapolis. How are you? I'm good. It's good to see you. It's been a long time. It's been a very long time. I am uh, super excited that we're able to do this. This is the first time we've recorded anything in person for, well, January of 2020. Mm-hmm. What is that? 20 months now? No, 18 months. It's been a long time. Uh, 20. Is it, has it been yeah. 20? Yeah, mm-hmm. I suppose a whole year, and it's, it's now almost September, Yep. but we got the shots, we took tests, and we're here, and we are going to be recording something, well, a, a whole bunch of stuff over the next few days, and so listeners, get ready for some really great content. It's already, I can tell there's a different energy in the room than through a screen from, yep. <laughs> from my, little, my little closet. So I'm excited to talk to you today about so many reasons, but specifically about stories, You know, we're all meaning-making machines, right? And when we're in struggle, our brains are neurologically wired to make up stories to help us understand what's happening, right? I know that I've certainly been in, you know, positions like that maybe a few times over the past 18 to 20 months as I've had to communicate with people so much in the virtual world as many of you have. Have you done any virtual communication? Yes. Yes. Okay. You get it then. You Mm -hmm. get it. Um, And there's often very little immediate feedback. But here's the thing, Melissa. Our bodies chemically reward us for those stories, whether they're true, not true, healthy, unhealthy, helpful or not. And then we operate out of those stories as if they are true, right? I know. It can be really hard. I I say emotional health involves understanding what you're feeling, thinking and doing and how they are all connected. I thought I was always really clear on what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. It's in my brain, right? So I should have access to that. But there's so often that that story is buried deep below. And I don't even know that that's the story that I'm operating out of. So somehow we have to bring those stories up to the surface so that we understand what we're thinking and how it's affecting what we're feeling and what we're doing. So today, Melissa and I are going to be talking about how to recognize when we're telling ourselves these stories that probably aren't true, how to correct it and where to go from there. We're going to share a few examples from our own lives and then give you a couple of tools to help you stay true in the moment and have better emotional health. So keep listening. Okay. So Melissa, thanks again for uh, being willing to explore this with me today, mm-hmm. this topic. I feel like this is like <laughs> for my own benefit as much as anybody else's. So when we found out we were going to make this a couple days happen, I sent you a Slack message and I said, is this anything like for a podcast? And basically what I kind of pitched to you was this idea of all of the virtual communication that so many of us are doing right now. For me, I send a message, be it Slack, text, email, whatever, and I'm not sure how it comes across. And so Mm -hmm. I start creating this story of, oh, I've offended this person. Oh, I've got, you know, information wrong or, you know, something. Mm -hmm. And it's just not helpful. And then as, you know, I've been kind of thinking on this, stewing and this, ruminating on this, I thought, you know, I actually, this isn't unique necessarily to this sort of pandemic virtual world. Like I would do this in person if I leave a meeting and I'm like stewing on it, kind of making up this story, you know, interpreting, 
a look or body language in right. all kinds of different ways. And there's something that um, we used to say a lot at Leadership Vision. We haven't, for whatever reason, as much anymore, is like just kind of assuming positive intent, giving mm-hmm. people the benefit of the doubt. And I remember, gosh, maybe two years ago now, you and I were talking about this. And so I kind of pitched this. I was like, is there anything here for a podcast? And you sent me this great big outline of like, yes, this is definitely <laughs> something. So I'm wondering if you could just maybe set up this idea a little bit more. You know, the title, I think, of this episode is something about something like the story I'm telling myself. Um, what is it? Kind of maybe in more, uh, you know, scholarly terms, like talk about this well, idea, because I don't I don't think this is unique to me. Yeah, I don't know if I'll get to scholarly terms. But <laughs> but again, going back to emotional health as understanding what you're feeling, what you're thinking, and right, what you're doing. Right. I think the story I'm telling myself is one way to get to what you're thinking. Hmm. And to bring it to the forefront. And so, and again, like you said earlier, that we operate out of these stories, whether they are true or not. Mm-hmm. And um, an example of this would be, um, I lead workshops. Mm-hmm. And um, before my daughter went to college, she was the one that would be there helping me um, with the details of the workshop. Um, especially like around lunch, making sure the lunch was delivered and getting it picked up. Then she went to college. And so I needed my husband's help. And so I was going through the list for him saying, okay, I'm going to need you this day at this time. And this is what's happening in this day. And my husband was standing in the middle of the family room. (laughs) His arms were crossed and he was looking up at the ceiling. And the story I was telling myself was, that um, he was annoyed, Mm. that he really didn't want to help, and that I was frustrating to him. So I just stopped and I said, hey, the story I'm telling myself is I'm asking too much of you. But really, Tim, I don't know how I'm going to get through the next two days without you. I need your help the next two days. And Mm. I not only need it, I need you to be happy about it. (laughs) How did he respond to that? (laughs) And he he looked at me and he said, what? (laughs) I was just arranging my day. Yeah. I'm happy to be there. Yeah. And what would have happened is he would have showed up to help me and I'd been going, God, thanks. Thanks for taking out time out of your busy right. schedule to help me. So right. glad you could, you know, and he'd be like, what is up with her? What's, happening? I'm What's just, going I'm on? Yeah. And I think that's what happens so often. So I say when, when you can say the story I'm telling myself and when I tell people about this and try to coach them, they think it sounds so odd and weird. Like I would never say the story I'm telling myself and I just say, Please just right. at least try because it levels the playing field. Tim didn't even know what game he was playing with right, me. Exactly. Because I think the alternative would be, you know, just like accusing someone. Like, yes. you're mad, you're annoyed. Like you said, like, oh, thanks for helping, like whatever. Mm-hmm. But I've, what I've found, and I've, thanks to you, used some of this terminology as well. It, it's very disarming, I think. Mm-hmm. It, it invites some, um, uh, conversation and just an opening to say, okay, the the story I'm telling myself is X, Y, Z because, you know, you're standing like this or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it gives that person an, an opening to, to maybe respond differently, right? Right. It also, what I love about this is it kind of sets some boundaries in place without having to say my boundary is whatever. So I was working with um, an intensivist at the hospital that I work at. And um, so she just took the position and she's following up a guy that, you know, had a 20 year tenure. 
And she needed another doctor to come and do something. And so she asked for it. And I guess the doctor felt like she was demanding and rude when she asked for it. And she was really struggling because she was like, I don't feel like I asked for it any other way that I've ever asked for anything or that this person before her did it. And so we were talking about that. I said, what if you went back to him and said, the story I'm telling myself is that you're frustrated with me about the way I asked this. I'm wondering, how would you like me to ask in the future? Now, I think he will say, oh, no, 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 we're fine. But what you've just done by telling him the story I'm telling myself is you seem frustrated with how we interacted is you just set up a boundary and he won't treat you that way again. We'll be right back. At Leadership Vision Consulting, we have spent 23 years helping individuals explore the depth and dimension of their personal strengths and have helped hundreds of teams build positive culture. We're excited to now announce our new online membership platform that brings together the resources, community, and motivation that you need to grow your influence and build a positive team culture. Through our courses, workshops, live Q&A sessions, and more, you'll gain the skills and confidence you need to lead effectively. And with our supportive community of like-valued leaders, you'll never feel like you're doing it alone. Visit leadershipvisionconsulting.com slash community to learn more. Yeah, because it allows you to sort of tell a story that may not be true. And then that you can kind of discuss the story versus, you know, my feelings or your feelings or trying to like pick apart how someone interacted in a different mm-hmm. situation. Right. So that's that boundary addition is something I hadn't really considered Mm -hmm. before. That's interesting. Because I think every human being will push how far they can go. Mm -hmm. And this guy pushed with him, with her and complained to someone else. Right. So for her to go back and say, I heard you've complained about this. I've heard, you know, it it sets up a boundary. That's what I found about the story I tell myself can can do. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, you've, you've written down here a curiosity starter Something that we both discovered we love is the show Ted Lasso yes. on Apple Plus. Do you remember the, the 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 episode from season one where they're playing darts? Yes. And he starts talking about how people aren't curious and therefore they've underestimated him. Right. You know, if you're curious, you'd say, you play a lot of darts, Ted? <laughs> you know, yes. Right. And, and then there's another example I heard of him give uh, in, in an interview he was doing about the character talking about you know, Ted is ignorant. He's kind of a fish out of water, right? Mm-hmm. This, you know, guy from Kansas and in England, he's ignorant, but he's curious. Mm-hmm. He's always trying to learn. And I think that when this idea of the story I'm telling myself, it invites that curiosity to say, here's, here's the story. Is that, is that right? Is it accurate? And rather than me just running rampant down this negative zone of stuff that's probably not true. It's like, right. hey, I'm I'm wanting to know if this is something that you're resonating with. Um, and I haven't done it a lot because I'm still practicing learning this language. But every time I have, the person I've done this with has, they haven't quite said, well, they said something like, well, that's, huh, that's interesting. No, but I can kind of see why you, want, why you would have thought that mm-hmm. sort of a thing. So it is this like curiosity starter. Talk more about that. Like, what do you what do you mean by this phrase, a curiosity starter? Yeah, it's a curiosity starter for ourselves. It's a way to, mm. for our, to get curious about ourselves and what we're thinking. And I always say the more we do this work in ourselves, the better we will be doing it with others. Yes. So the more I practice it, 
the more I recognize that in myself. And then sometimes I'll see a look on someone's face or something. So I had my son who was going to college. Um, you know, when you freshman year of college, there's lots of details. <laughs> and I said something, oh you know, I was giving a list mm -hmm. of something and he went, um, he was kind of like, and kind of <laughs> got mad at me. Yeah. And instead of reacting to that, I said, what are you thinking? And it's a, that's another way to get curious. So, so what's going on? What's the story you're telling yourself right, right now? Right. And so I found that to be really helpful. It's either getting curious about what's going on in you, or if you see a reaction, mm. instead of getting hooked by the reaction or getting hooked by the emotion yes. that you're picking up on someone else, you can ask, yeah. oh, what were you thinking when I said that? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, so I've, I've done a form of this with my kids with my wife, with my business partner. I have a small little 5K fun run, kind of a side gig thing that I do. And then also, again, now without using this terminology, but I don't, have you ever used this in like a like a one-on-one -on -one conversation? Like I've been sitting across from someone talking about their strengths and I've, you know, maybe connected a few dots. Oh, interesting. I wonder if your restorative strength and your ideation might be doing this. And they'll sit with this like, just this expression I can't read. I don't know if they're going to yell at me, if they're going to cry in joy, like what's happening. And so this idea of like, and I don't know, it's like a, a therapy tool almost, uh, or like what therapists use, like, I can tell you're having some kind of response. Yeah. I can't read it. What's going on? Like, what do you think about this? Versus just sitting there in that awkwardness. And I don't know, I guess maybe this comes into the vulnerability stuff too, of being willing to sort of say something like that. Like, yep. Yeah. Ver verbalize it. There's a little something here. Yeah. And if and if a person completely shuts down, so say maybe they've heard something. Right. Like, I think it's even helpful to say the story I'm telling myself is maybe I've stumbled on something that doesn't feel good. Right. <laughs> or, some, something you know? sensitive. Yeah. yeah. And what's yeah. beautiful about it is people can say yes or no. Mm hmm. And I think sometimes we're afraid to use this tool because what if I do find out the story I'm telling myself is true? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, like what if going back to your example with your husband, what if he is not happy about this? Right. But I have, I need his help. Then what right. am I going to do? But then at least I know. I think oh, that's one of the things. Yeah. And the other thing is like sometimes we say the story I'm telling myself out loud and we actually tell someone. But if we practice, mm. the story I'm telling myself is, and even if we're not sharing it with someone else, if we can pay attention to the type of story we're telling ourselves, yeah. oftentimes these stories are not kind or mm -hmm. generous. There's either a victim or a villain or, you know, we're usually the victims and there's usually a villain right. involved. Or right. we think that the other person thinks we're a villain. Yeah. yeah. And then we're feeling guilty and sheepish around that person forever. Yeah. Um, but if we can at least think, God, you know, I mean, I've been married to my husband for 28 years. He's a wonderful man. He's always supportive. <laughs> He's got a track record of being helpful. Right. Why would yeah. my initial thought be he thinks I'm annoying to him? You know what? That's so interesting, that idea of the story I'm telling myself, but with myself. Like, why am I like just getting curious? Really, I think the story I'm telling myself is a handy phrase just to be curious, right? Mm -hmm. Like a way to do that. It's interesting. I'm just processing this in real time here. Someone's coming on our team to kind of help out for potentially short-term, long-term, but in an area of like that directly impacts me. Mm -hmm. And I think for a while, I don't I want to say it was hard for me, but like I was just kind of thinking a lot about that and almost feeling like, well, they're coming in to help because I wasn't able to do my job, right? Mm -hmm. 
But the more I was, so I've, I've been very curious and kind of processing this, but then the more I was thinking about it, I was like, well, actually, like I've been so good at my job that I've essentially, I need someone to come in mm-hmm. and help. Like everyone needs like someone who, you know, has walked the road ahead of you to come in and help you to get to like the next level like, right. that you're at. But I don't think I would have gotten to a place of being so excited and like welcoming of this help if I hadn't really wrestled with, you know, the story I'm telling myself is that, am I a failure at this? And just right. kind of thinking is like, well, no, no, it's actually, you know, this other thing. And so I think that that's, this has been, it's a very simple little tool, but it's just been helpful to think about there's this feeling going on here and what is what is it doing? And right? the beautiful thing is, is that you paid attention to the feeling. Right. See? And then you admitted to yourself, the story I'm telling myself is I'm not good enough and mm-hmm. that's why I need this. And then you're able to adjust and go, wait, that's not true. Right. Which if you hadn't done that, and if you had continued to operate right. out of the story, like you're not good enough, you would have had this person come in and now you're going to try to prove to this person how good you are. Or just sabotage this person. <laughs> right. I mean, who knows what would happen. But instead, now you're able to... Uh-huh learn and right. to grow and to be excited about what you might learn. Oh, absolutely. Rather we, than seeing as as a deficiency. Absolutely. And and already in our different exchanges in Slack and whatever, I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Oh, this is so cool. But I think like, I mean, we're, we're both parents. Like how many times have we done that in our parenting, in our professional lives, in our relationships? Like we tell ourselves these stories that aren't true, mm-hmm. but we never take the time to like lean into what that feeling means. It's mm-hmm. like, well, it's, maybe it's the feeling of... This thing I'm feeling now is maybe representative of something else Mm -hmm. and I need to sit and be curious about it because I would imagine, and I'd love to kind of get into some like maybe tips and takeaways, you know, for any like managers out there, supervisors, you know, pretty much every leader I've ever talked to always feels inadequate. They always feel like an imposter. They always feel like they're not doing a good job. So how do we help those folks use a super simple little tool like this? either just with themselves or, you know, sitting down the folks they're leading yep. in some way. So I, I have another job where I just work 12 hours a week mm-hmm. and, um, <laughs> we wear many hats here. Yes, we do. And, um, the story I'm always telling myself is that I'm disappointing people Yes, or I'm not living up to mm-hmm. their expectations. And I had a particularly busy season coming up and had reduced my hours, um, in that role. And I went to my director and I said, so the story I always tell myself is that I'm disappointing you mm. and I'm not living up to your expectations. And she was like, oh my gosh, Melissa, that is not true. <laughs> and I said, I know it's Ridiculous. not true, right? but that is so often right? how I operate. So what I need from you is if I'm not living up to your expectations that you will tell me, oh. I just, that's what I need from you. And then yeah. I have to trust right. that she would tell me. And um, she was like, I let's make a pact. Mm. I will do that. I'm just happy that you still want to be mm. here 12 hours a week. And so to be able to admit and pay attention, like the themes of my stories are always I'm disappointing people or I'm right. not enough. And then it can turn into resentment. They take advantage of me. They don't even <laughs> all see all stuff. the stuff I do. But, you know, so just knowing right. that and admitting that and then inviting people into it, uh-huh. I think can be really helpful. Yeah. And I think of, you know, it's it's fun that the word curiosity starts with a C because our team engagement series, for whatever reason, is built around all these words that also start with C. And I think in many ways at the heart of all these is this idea of being curious, you know, being curious about 
your communication, someone else's communication, being curious about the way we're collaborating and conflict and all of these things that we do. And, you know, I think if you're listening to this right now, just like start being curious, start asking yourself these questions, start to kind of, you know, look at this picture of the story that you're telling yourself in your head and and unpack that a little bit and ideally process with someone else. Because I think, you know, once you name something and say it out loud, I think it loses some of its power if it's like a, like a negative thing. So what else? Are there also other helpful little tidbits that, you know, we can expand upon with this story? I know there's kind of a second part to this podcast that we're going to record right. later, but. I think it's the generosity part that if you're telling hmm. a story, at least pay attention to whether it's generous or not. Right. And then, you know, the more we understand and pay attention to the stories that we tell ourselves, I think the more we can see that happening in others. And I had a coworker one time who was very judgmental. And um, when he didn't understand something, he would make up a story right away. And he, he and I were actually sitting across the table from each other. And he started to tell the story of what he thought I did. <laughs> so I said, I said to him, hey, I'm sitting right here. Would you like to hear how that happened? And so then I explained what happened and I said, you know, it seems like every time we have an issue, you make up a story and it's like you forget who I am and you make up the ugliest story possible. So if if you're going to make up a story, could you uh, please, please make up a nice one? Right. You know, and it's so, and, and our relationship has changed. He and I, I think there's, I don't think he realized he was doing that. And the unfortunate thing is he was not only doing it to me. He was doing it to a lot of people. Yeah. And so Oof, it doesn't um, feel good. No, it doesn't. Huh. So there's there's an example. Yeah. Well, it's interesting when you were talking about that, I thought I was started thinking about the work that we we're doing with our strengths and how often before people are introduced to the language of strengths, they think they create these stories about their personalities. Well, I'm you know, I'm scattered, I'm bossy, I talk too much, I, you know, get too single-minded on things. And one of the things I love about our work with strengths is it helps us retell these stories about ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. To something that's positive, that's actually, no, actually you're, you know, talking too much is that you're really good at, you know, crafting words. Mm-hmm. And when you're not bossy, you're just the one that stands up when there's like a leadership void or, you know, whatever that thing is. And so I wonder, you know, how many people who are familiar with the language of strengths who are also using this can get curious about those types of things as well and really you know not ignoring our deficits or just whitewashing that stuff but just to to really retell and create a new story about who you are right well this is good thank you melissa yeah so as we continue on in some virtual capacities or as we are meeting in person for the first time in 20 months asking ourselves or or continue to ask ourselves, you know, the story I'm telling myself is Mm -hmm. and realizing maybe that that is just a story and perhaps need to be, go through a few different rewrites. So, and again, start with yourself first. And the more you do this in yourself, the smarter you will be about your interaction with others. Melissa, thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. It has been fun. I love being with you, Nathan. (laughs) This is fun. I uh, appreciate telling uh, this story about each other and about ourselves and um, just hopefully helping people kind of understand their own. So 
Francisco. And thank you for listening to the Leadership Vision Podcast, sharing our expertise in the discovery, practice, and implementation of a strengths-based approach to people, teams, and culture. For more resources about developing your strengths, the strengths of your team, or the strengths of your entire organization, click the link in the show notes or visit us on the web at leadershipvisionconsulting.com. And if you'd like more resources about anything you heard today, please send us an email to connect at leadershipvisionconsulting.com. I'm Nathan Freeberg. I'm Melissa Hyatt. And on behalf of our entire team, thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening. Hey, I don't have to like re-edit that one later. Oh Good my job. gosh, it's so much easier to do in person. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>